Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato. Mary, Mary, listen, I, I, I should not always comment. I know it's parents. coming. Well, <laughs> blue on blue. Oh, I'm saying blue. I got this is blue. black. You... This is black. Is it really? Mm-hmm. This is black. It's 100% black. This is, this is, I have seven pinstripe suits. They all look exactly alike. How boring am I? Speaking well, of- I said, I, I literally, so not that all of our viewers need to know this, but earlier today I had on a different shirt that did not agree with the camera or the lighting. So I had to do a quick change. I said, in the future, I'm just going to do a suit. And then all I have to do is change my tie, just like you, Steve. Yep. So speaking of the opposite of boring, he's fashionable, but more importantly, he's a great leader. He's a good friend. Roger Leone is superintendent of Newark Public Schools, tied to the larger Newark Board of Education. Good to see you, Mr. Superintendent. Great seeing you, great being with you. Uh, Roger, we had a conversation recently, me, you, Mary. We are talking about a whole range of things, but mostly around youth leadership. Uh, we have led our Stand and Deliver program for Newark youth, which teaches and coaches and mentors young people around leadership, communication, et cetera. And we are transitioning away from that to frankly, <laughs> Uh, you and your colleagues taking that over and leading that program. Why is youth leadership and their ability to not just lead, but communicate effectively for 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds? Why is it so important, Mr. Superintendent? Well, I mean, the, the ultimate reality is, I guess, twofold. Uh, they eventually become our leaders. We want to make sure in a very selfish way, I might add, that uh, our young people who are watching us very carefully um, are uh, making uh, not only incredible, valuable lessons, but in particular in leadership so that they can actually lead the world that our generations uh, have in fact left them. That is one extremely important part. Sure. Uh, but the reality is that we need to tap into them now. There's a concept about how does the world benefit from our youth today? And that's obviously uh, really important, but ultimately, how can we benefit right now? Why would we need to wait to let students know by their agency that uh, the world becomes a better place right now simply because they're leading in it? Quick follow-up on this before Mary jumps in. Roger, we've, we've been colleagues and we've interacted and worked together for several years now. And I've been I've always curious about this. And I've asked other people who've joined us on Lesson in Leadership this question, but the answer is never the same because people aren't the same. Your, uh, your job is extremely demanding. Your role as a leader, uh, how, many, how many young people in the Newark Public Schools? We have a little over 55,000 uh, students in uh, Newark schools today. So the students, the teachers, the administrators, the staff, everyone tied to the Newark Public Schools uh, Roger Leone, the superintendent, he's the leader. There are many other leaders, but he's ultimately responsible. Your view of leadership, your approach to leadership, largely influenced by who and what? Well, the, the, a lot of um, the thinking as I have involved has been attributed to um, every single one of the superintendents that has, uh, in fact, uh, come before me, to be quite frank. Um, uh, the the teachers that I've had are all extremely important. Whether it was teachers that I had as a student in Newark schools, because as you wait, know, wait a minute, Roger, you went to the North, Newark. Sorry, you went to Newark Public Schools. Yeah, I'm born in Newark, still live in Newark today. So my teachers um, really helped frame uh, a lot of uh, thinking. The principles that I've had have uh, highlighted 
the importance of the expectation of the leadership responsibilities that the role of principal uh, actually has. As a principal then, obviously students and teachers that I've either uh, had in classrooms or led in schools, and then uh, something dear to you, my mom, uh, super important to uh, establishing very high expectations, uh, committing oneself to excellent, demanding a lot of everyone else and modeling it by demanding a lot uh, from yourself. So uh, really it's a combination of a whole host of people that has created kind of what my thinking is about the responsibility that I play as the superintendent today, uh, but, but the notion of leadership in general. Mary, you ever cease to be amazed at the answers we get? They're all different. I, I love it. Because it, it's always different. And I'm always like, oh, we're going to ask that question again. And we will continue to ask that question until we stop getting different answers, because it's fascinating to hear those answers every time. Well, on your court. Yeah, thank you. So, Roger, I would love to know, and I, it's going to be probably the most challenging question you get asked today. If you had to choose one leadership or communication skill that you feel those 55,000 plus students need to have to go into the world and be successful, what would that be? Well, I mean, there are a list that I can I, actually uh, uh, think of. Top uh, three, Roger, top three, top three. So the whole um, over communicating winds up being something that's extremely important. So establishing clear communication skills, being very um, unambiguous, uh, if <laughs> you uh, will. So very, very clear. Um, the whole notion of sticking to it so that if you outline what the strategy is over communicating it so that everyone understands it but then actually sticking to it because sometimes you have a strategy you communicate it and then you change uh throughout it and then don't be bound by the strategy itself sometimes we think that something is a really smart thing to do and we stick to it even though it's not working anymore so having the courage to say something isn't working and be willing to hear other viewpoints which i know is really really difficult at times especially when you're the leader of it uh to really then make the type of changes that are necessary to bring about the ultimate reality of the change so uh i think those three are amongst the group. And as you can see from the answer, each one of them is really talking about the other. So um, part of what I know I bring to leadership role is I, I am a very much a systems thinker, a situational Whoa, what leader. That, what, does that, what does that mean, a systems yeah. thinker? So the idea that um, things occur at random is not what I tried to do, uh, that things occur and there's a reason why we actually do that and that we organize our entire um, processes of education in Newark through a system so that when everyone tries to analyze it, they can actually fact check and go, oh, this is working because of this action. Or if we are saying something is supposed to be in place, we can fact check it by then saying this really isn't in place and that's why we're not achieving our ultimate goal. The concept of situational leader is uh, really premised on the fact that um, I don't necessarily answer a particular problem the exact same way every single time unless it's the exact same problem every single time, that there are situations that change what the response has to be. And that becomes really, really difficult because sometimes you want to be predictable. And in the end, this whole notion about vulnerability is extremely 
important. I try to demonstrate that being vulnerable is okay because we learn from all of our mistakes. Roger, time and the out. ultimate goal is to try to not make so many of them along the way. Hold on, Roger. Vulnerability. You just opened up this massive Pandora's <laughs> box, right? So on Lessons in Leadership, I disclose mistakes that I made as a leader that after the fact, uh, either Mary says, my wife says, I say to myself, did I just really say that? Did I just really admit to doing this really ridiculous, terrible thing? This, I made this terrible mistake. I didn't handle myself the way I should have. Here's my question to you. If we as leaders are supposed to show confidence, being self-assured, then you just say we need to be vulnerable. My question is, What's the balance, my yeah. friend? So the, the whole notion about being vulnerable, sometimes and unfortunate at times, uh, we, we seem to be the one who knows the answer when in fact uh, we lead with the answer, but that a whole group of people are the supports necessary to actually move in the actual direction. We say we're going this way, but the reality is you do needs assessments. You, you, you ask and value for input, and then you utilize all of that body of knowledge to then take an action that it may sometimes come from the individual leader himself or herself, right. or it may really come or be comprised by the best thinking of surrounding yourself with really great people that influence what the actual decision actually is. So in the vulnerability aspect of it, it begins to hint at people that we're obviously all human, ultimately in the end, and that mistakes are made. And it is true that you are to learn from your mistakes. That becomes extremely important. Humble yourself when you're wrong, obviously. Um, I, I say that old adage that you learn from your mistakes, you know, we may have heard it in school many a times. I also tell our students, imagine how much learning you'd make if you didn't make mistakes. So <laughs> the whole concept of being better uh, helps the leader become even stronger. So being vulnerable is about strength, not weakness. Mary, we you thought you knew Roger Leon, right? I know, I just, I <laughs> wish we had more time. I wanna just keep talking for the rest of our day. <laughs> well, well, Roger, listen. One of the things that I, uh, and next time we, we get together, we'll talk about the lessons you've learned as a leader, as it relates to COVID and beyond. Talk about having a game plan and having a pivot and change and the decision Roger and his colleagues had to make about policies, masking policies, vaccine policies, and then people being angry. Uh, the great, Mary, what's the chapter in Lessons in Leadership? That's my favorite one here that Colin Powell, his greatest quote is, great leaders sometimes- You always sometimes make me say it, have to sometimes piss people off because you make tough decisions. And Roger Leone understands that better than most. If you want to be popular, <laughs> you can't be a great leader because you're going to have to make some tough decisions. Hey, Roger, cannot thank you enough. Best to you and everyone in the Newark Public Schools, our longtime partners with our Stand and Deliver program. We wish you all the best. Appreciate you. Thank you. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba, and Superintendent Roger Leone. We'll be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. 
If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. This is the Seton Hall story, one that comes to life every day on our campus. This is the place where great minds discover, innovate, collaborate, and find their true calling. This is the place where passion has a purpose, where learning inspires leading. The bonds we make, the values we teach, inspire our community to take heart and take action. This is Seton Hall University. This is what great minds can do. Most people don't think about where their water comes from, but we do. Veolia, more than water, resourcing the world. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. Uh, hey, Mary, I'm going to try something. We're about to go into an interview that we did with Kevin O'Toole, who is the chairman uh, of the Board of Commissioners, Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, former uh, state senator in New Jersey, and also co-leaders, um, if you will, of the law firm uh, O'Toole Scrivo, right? Yep. He talked about what he called, he wrote a, an article uh, in what's called the O'Toole Chronicles. It is in NJ Globe, right? Mm-hmm. Call it fearless leadership. So here's the thing I keep thinking about. You keep, I think you wonder, where, why does Steve have all these props? Why does he have headlines from different newspapers, but primarily the New York Post, because the headlines are really interesting. So again, uh, this is risky to do this. We're taping on the 21st of April. I uh, hope and pray, not just for President Zelensky, the president of um, Ukraine, but also the people of Ukraine. We don't know where things are going to be, how things are going to play out as they're being uh, assaulted and attacked by Vladimir Putin and uh, the Russian army. That being said, fearless leadership. Mm -hmm. As I did the interview with Kevin O'Toole, and then we prepared to introduce it and then talk about it, Zelensky. Listen, I hope he stays safe. We don't know what's going to happen. But do you ever think about leadership and courage? The courage to not just talk in a certain way, but physically put himself out there and God forbid a situation where anything could happen, that he's a target. He's the number one target. Leadership in a way that I can't even begin to comprehend. Yeah, they, they always say, I mean, it's a famous expression that which does not kill us makes us stronger. And sometimes you don't know what you're capable of until you're put into a situation. And again, we talked about situational leadership a little bit ago with Roger Leone. And I think you don't know what you're capable of until you're really, truly faced with adversity. And uh, that's what we'll be able to hear Kevin talking about in just a minute. And, you know, I, again, this show is not a political show. It's a show about leadership. We do talk about public figures, but in all candor, I think about Zelensky putting himself out there, uh, trying to be smart. And again, I hope and pray that he stays alive. We don't know what's gonna happen. 
But I also have to say there are some people who talk the talk, real tough talk. And I don't care whether you like Joe Biden or don't like him, like Donald Trump, don't like him. But it always struck me that Donald Trump, not talking policy, he talked tough. January 6th, talk about leadership. Let's go down to the Capitol and let, I'm sorry, was he there? Or did he make the speech and then just not go? And then the people who were following went and did it. He wasn't there. Translation, there's let's do something, but then you're not there or we're all in this together. Is that unfair, Mary, from a leadership perspective, what I just said about the president? Former no, president? not at all. Not at all. He and, has, uh, check out our other shows and things I've said about Joe Biden. <laughs> no, you have. How horrible he is in public and how he can't manage the way he communicates in public and he's undisciplined and mm -hmm. it's hard to follow. And so I don't really care what your politics is because mine are not involved in this. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, no, and I, I agree completely. And um, it definitely has everything to do with fearless. And I know Elvin, our great leader is giving us some time cues. So I think we should definitely throw to the Kevin O'Toole interview, then come back and we could talk about it a little bit more if that's okay with you. Okay. I <laughs> notice, notice I dodged the Trump question. That was all by it's design. Not, not, but it's not the Trump question. No, I know it's not. It's, it's not. It's, well, look at Kevin, watch Kevin O'Toole. Fearless leadership will come and back. Then and then I'll, I'll give you answers. my I'll give you my answer on the flip side. I'm holding you to that. We'll be right back. Watch Kevin O'Toole. Kevin O'Toole is the chairman of the Board of Commissioners of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, a former state senator in the state, the head of uh, a co the co-head, excuse me, of O'Toole Scrivo, a law firm in our state, and also a columnist with NJ Globe. Good to see you, Kevin. Good to see you, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, I was reading NJ Globe and you actually wrote a column called Two Years is a Lifetime. We're taping this in mid-March. It'll be seen later. You talked about leadership at the Port Authority and in other places, but the biggest leadership lesson you and your colleagues at the Port Authority learned over these past two plus years has been? Uh, well, first of all, when a crisis comes upon you, real leaders got to act. Like So two years ago, almost to the day, you know, I get news that our senior staff had all had to be quarantined because they all had been uh, exposed to uh, the, the, the virus. And all of a sudden, the Port Authority with 8,000 employees was going to lockdown. And so you've got to kind of like act quickly and you've got to surround yourself with really smart people. And there's no playbook for it, Steve. You got to say you got to keep the agency moving forward with the highways and the roadways and the ports. Um, and you got to make sure your employees feel safe and they are safe and their, and their families feel safe as well. So you've got to kind of react and you can't show them that you're nervous or you're worried. You know, I, I got to follow up on that because you've also joined us on our sister program, uh, Lessons in Leadership. We've talked leadership before, but what struck me about this column is that you said leaders must be fearless. You kept talking about being fearless. And I've got this thing where... You, um, my father, my late father, who you were very close to, um, and I was at times, but let me just put this out there. My father used to say, the best leaders, it's not that they're not afraid, it's that they are afraid, but in spite of being afraid, they act anyway. They do what's courageous anyway, but it's not that they're not afraid. Help me on this fearless thing, Kevin. So, I mean, it's perspective. So I have a mother who came from North Korea when she was 13 and she lost some of her siblings on the way. And she saw some of the real death in front of her when she mar marched from Wonsan to Seoul. Um, 
And she was kind of fearless and she saw the very worst. You see people who are suffering, whether it's they get a brain tumor, whether they lose their jobs, whether they have a sick child, like those are things to be fearful of. But even in those moments, you've got to seize the moment and you have to lead. It just comes upon you because you just can't wring your hands and say, oh, you know, poor me. That doesn't get you anywhere. And when you lead, when you're given the privilege to lead an organization, they don't want to see people who are afraid, even in your inner self, as your dad would say, you even though you have some of those doubts, you've got to project strength and resiliency and determination and support and gratitude and move the organization forward. And because if you don't, they will they, they will suffer. Kevin, you've been out of government official uh, elected office for how many years? Since 17. So I'm working on five years. OK. The kind of leadership you just described, fearless, courageous, doing what's right so that others who are following you or need to follow you <clears throat> have courage themselves. To what degree do you see that in government today, both parties across the board? How rare is it? Rare. It, um, it, it's not encouraged, you know, when you're in the elected arena, when you're in the Senate or the assembly, you're worrying about the next election. I mean, people when redistricting just went by, they're terrified. I mean, grown yeah, men talk about redistricting. Work. Explain to folks 30 seconds or less. They're sure. like, what? There's a redistricting. Every 10 years, there's a, every 10 years after a census, there's a redistricting, and you got to cut the state into 40 equal districts, 235,000 per. So what happens is the legislative districts get rejiggered re a little bit, and some people lose their, their safe districts, become competitive, and people worry about their livelihoods. And when they do that, Steve, well, you were, all some of these folks are born and bred to do is worry about their next elections. And that doesn't breed a leader. That doesn't breed fearlessness. Uh, that breeds people who just worry about a calculated decision to move on to their next election. How does that impact those of us who are constituents of those elected officials? Well, listen, I, I think it, it impacts us because I think there's a the day of 30 years ago when you had true leaders and your dad was one of them, Joe Doria, people that would go out there and make these broad Former Assembly policies. Speaker Joe Doria, I'm sorry, go ahead. Right, it'd make these broad policies working together with Republicans and Democrats. And one of the things I wrote about recently, Steve, is they don't encourage that. There's no arena, there's no schooling, there's no college, there's no framework that says, hey, leaders on both sides, let's have a framework that we can have a discussion. DC is not leading and Trenton's not leading. You see, all you're worrying about is the cheap political hits and you move on. And listen, in my earlier day, I would do some of that. As I grew uh, less afraid about losing an election, I said, I have to be the big thinker and work with crossover with the Brian Stacks or the Steve Sweeney's and the Nick Scataris or the Joe Lagana's, uh, Vingo Powell, the Democrats who are in the leadership positions, you have to work with them. And I've encouraged a lot of the Republicans don't just be a bomb thrower and say no on everything. Work together on infrastructure, education, you know, educational lag, which we're talking about, environmental issues that we can get behind, labor issues we can get behind. But I think they're so conditioned to just go in this narrow field that plays to the next election, primary or general, and people are afraid and they just don't grow the leaders of yesterday. And I'm sorry I'm saying that. Well, no, it's okay. And, and, and Senator O'Toole, who's been out of government for five years uh, and understands it from a perspective of running for office every two years. I, I have disclosed this before that I served in the legislature for a very short period of time in the 80s. And I can appreciate, I, Kevin, we didn't have to remind people that it was two years, all right? Was that, was that a peace sign? That was a peace years? sign, Steve, but you said two years. Okay, yeah, it was two years. But it, in that short period of time, I know exactly what he's talking about. You, you, you think you're gonna do the right thing. You're there to, be courageous, to be fearless. And then you're like, wait a minute, but if I lose this election, I'm not here anymore. Real quick on that. 
But Steve, how terrified were you when you were losing? Seriously, when you lost, you were broken and you were afraid. You oh, thanks, Kevin. Win. But listen, <laughs> you've become this you know, Emmy winner. You've been a, you, it was the best thing that ever happened to you was losing that election. Not at the I didn't think it at the time. Of course not at the time. But now when you look back, it was the best experience. And from that born, from that experience, you have you've uh, this leadership, you know, uh, trait that was, you know, cast upon you, largely shoved down your throat by your father. But, uh, you're, but I want to, again, not about me, but there's a larger issue here. Do you believe that our elected officials in Congress, in the state legislature, across the board, governors, whomever, who have to run again or have the ability to run again if they're not term limited, that their fear of losing is so great that their sense, and this sounds like a deep psychological question as well, that if you're not in elected office, you don't matter. And that's just yeah, not yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. So if this elected office defines many of these people, when they go on to their, like, you see senators, they're easy, they're, as opposed to retiring willingly, like I did and Bill Gormley, others do, they'll die in office because that identifies them. They don't want to leave the office. They'd rather be in a body bag than literally retire willingly because they want to be known as the senator because people get their, they call them back, they get respected, they get all the service, the great tables. Um, the reality is if you are lucky enough to be an elected official, take advantage of that very small period of time you, you are elected and make bold decisions, do things that are amazing. And because I'm telling you, if you don't take that opportunity, you will be regretful down the road. And I talked to a lot of legislators who are retired, forced and voluntary, and they regret not taking advantage of the time they were in office. Kevin, I want to thank you for joining us. We appreciate your perspective. Check out NJ Globe for Kevin O'Toole's columns and a whole range of other things. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Steve. Good talking to you. So that is uh, former state senator Kevin O'Toole, the commissioner, excuse me, the, uh, the chairman of the board of commissioners of the Port Authority. So Mary, look, um, I want to go back to something I asked you before. It's not about President Trump, former President Trump. It's about, are you going to be there with your actions versus just your rhetoric? Let's take over in January 6th, whatever it is. Or are you just going to walk? You got to walk the walk and not just talk it. And that's what exactly. I said about Zelensky. Zelensky's putting his life on the line. Mm -hmm. He's not saying go out there and fight Putin's army. He's there. Exactly. He, and there's a, a fine line. To get out. Mary, he had a chance to get out. Mm -hmm. yes. That's courage. And he still needs to keep himself safe. And I'm not safe. saying I would have had that, Mary. I'm oh, not no, saying gosh. I have it. But. No, no, I could not imagine that. Um, but yeah, no, and you're a leader in so many other ways. And just to talk about leadership in January 6th, it, it, it literally, you need to show by your actions and not just by your words. And if those words are poisonous, toxic, it, then we have what happened on January 6th, whereas Zelensky is literally showing by his actions how to lead, how to stand shoulder to shoulder with your people. And that is definitely inspirational for people to see. And I often tell my friends, many of whom are Trump supporters, listen, it's fine that you like his policies. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking from a leadership perspective. You, you can't just light the match and walk away. You can, but to me, it's a lack of leadership. Listen, I'm sure we just lost half our audience. So uh, <laughs> that being- I was gonna make a joke. So we've lost two people. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. Dad, you, don't 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 turn off, don't change that dial, Dad. I know well, you're I know watching. My, my mother's gonna keep watching no matter what. Oh my what. gosh, I love it. My dad gives me notes. Thank you, Dad. I hope I get good notes after today's episode. So and he always says, Thanks, Steve, for letting you say more. So thank you, Steve, for letting me say more in this episode. And I know if he thinks otherwise, he'll tell us. He will. Mary Gamba, Steve Adubato. Um, hey Mary, guess who's calling?
Oh no. Potential it's your mother. Spam. Oh. No, potential spam. <laughs> no more picking up phone calls. I'm in the middle of a live broadcast. It's the end of the show. Spam has to stop. See you guys <laughs> next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. This is the Seton Hall story, one that comes to life every day on our campus. This is the place where great minds discover, innovate, collaborate, and find their true calling. This is the place where passion has a purpose, where learning inspires leading. The bonds we make, the values we teach, inspire our community to take heart and take action. This is Seton Hall University. This is what great minds can do. Most people don't think about where their water comes from, but we do. Veolia, more than water, resourcing the world.